Hi everybody, Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Aid Radio. So the era of big, gigantic, intrusive, semi-fascistic government is over because the Republicans have... Oh, sorry, that's opposite land. The reality is that an omnibus spending and tax bill has just been passed. December the 18th, the 2009-page $1.2 trillion omnibus spending bill and the 223-page $600 billion tax provision agreement we're past funding the federal government through September 2016. Now, the bill adds over $112 billion worth of additional spending to the federal budget because it really wasn't high enough yet. I think they've just hit the sweet spot well until they need more. Sort of like heroin, you know, it's a sweet spot and then it's not. It fully funds President Obama's Middle Eastern refugee resettlement program, upholds amnesty granted by executive action, and was described by the White House as, quote, the largest spending on renewable energy in history. Now, Republican Paul Ryan, who is, of course, the speaker, described his first major legislative achievement as Speaker of the House in a statement titled, quote, House passes spending bill to advance Republican priorities. Hey, uh, you know, here's a little tip, uh, Mr. P. If you're advancing Republican priorities, you generally don't get praised by Democrats. Like if you're in Team A and somebody you're opposing is in Team B and you're advancing your interests, they tend to oppose you. If they're praising you, well, I think you can figure out the rest of that. The funny thing is, is that Paul Ryan used to be into objectivism and had to walk back some of the atheism of Ayn Rand and his commitment to it. Apparently, his objectivism has kind of gone galt uh, because, of course, this is a pork barrel fantasy budget. Uh, and, of course, it's not a real budget. The Congress hasn't passed any kind of real budget in many, many, many years. See, the rules are for you and me, not for the rulers. Why would you want to become a ruler if you wanted to be subjected to the rules? So the new speaker, same pretty much as the old speaker. So Speaker Paul Ryan said, look, in divided government, you don't get everything that you want. Well, that's a fine, a fine statement. Compromise is interesting. So let's see how much the Republicans did get what they want. Well, Rush Limbaugh, not a huge fan of this. He said they elected Republicans to stop this. Actually, Rush, they kind of elected Republicans to reverse this, not just stop it. They elected Republicans to stop this, he said. And now the Republicans have the largest number of seats in the House they've had in Congress since the Civil War. And it wasn't made, and it hasn't made any difference at all. You know, just elect Democrats, disband the Republican Party and let the Democrats run it because that's what's happening anyway. And this, my friends, is why Donald J. Trump. We'll get more into that in a moment. Senator Rand Paul, who, won, who voted against the bill, said, quote, it was over a trillion dollars. It was all lumped together, 2,224 pages. I don't know if it's different for the last number. Nobody read it. So frankly, my biggest complaint is that I have no idea what kind of things they stuck in the bill. I voted against it because I won't vote for these enormous bills that no one has had a chance to read. Now, of course, these giant tree-killing bills are generally uh, given to Congress days or hours before the vote. Nobody has it. All they do is flip through it and make sure that their own little pork barrels are in there. I think it was Bismarck who said there's two things you never want to see getting made. Number one, 
sausages. Number two, laws. Well, at least with sausages, you can be a vegetarian. You're not forced to eat them, but law, of course, is an opinion with a gun and a little bit tougher to escape than awful tubes. So, uh, he said, uh, Rand Paul said, once again, this came not at the behest of just the Democrats, it came at the behest of right-wing Republicans who want military spending and left-wing Democrats who want welfare spending. Yeah, right, as if military spending isn't a kind of welfare. And that's the dirty little secret. Both parties are at fault for it, as I've said repeatedly. All right, Republican Dave Bratt, who obviously survived a rather challenging childhood, he said, quote, the end product here is just clearing the barn. I don't know what that means. I, I think that that's a metaphor fail. He, he wrote in to say, it's a disaster. We're breaking our pledge on the budget caps to the American people. We've lost fiscal discipline and we're throwing it all on the next generation. And then he announced his resignation. Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> Opposite land again. He really didn't. All right. Republican Tim. The angry calls are just coming in about Syria. Calls are coming in about the about life issues, calls are coming in about everything else. Somebody on K Street wanted that, but Main Street didn't. Now, K Street is where the lobbyists and the think tanks are, uh, the sort of shadow government, the power behind the curtain. The representative who helped lead the ouster of Speaker John, yes, I know, it's supposed to be pronounced Boehner, but look at that spelling. It's a boner. Republican Mark Meadows, quote, I would give it an A plus in terms of trying to reach out to the rank and file. Not only is Ryan saying the right thing, he is lining it up to do the right things in 2016. And, and then leadership can't hijack the budget at the end of the year and throw the kitchen sink, which we just did. See, this is the, it was a terrible compromise, a massive pillaging and rape of the next generation of American I wouldn't even say taxpayers, because at this rate, it's going to be one person paying taxes in the future. But don't worry, we've totally shafted you. But next year, man, next year, I'm totally going to quit strangling hobos, because we'll actually be out of hobos, so we'll call it quitting. Next year, this is the talk of an addict, right? I'm going to quit, man. Just give me this hit. One last hit. I can quit any time. This is it, man. I'm done after this. We're going to do the right thing next year. Oh, man. I'm telling you, Republican voters have battered voter syndrome. It's just brutal. Republican Matt Salmon, quote, Paul made some pretty sustainable commitments about things we'll do next year. A major overhaul of our tax system, welfare reform, replacing Obamacare. These are major things. If we do those things and define clearly what we stand for, that's the best we can hope for. You have a massive majority in Congress. You can hope for a little bit more, but you need two things. Number one, willpower, and two, you need to... Stand up to the mainstream media who are going to call you horrible names no matter what you do. They'll call you cowards and traitors for betraying your values, and they'll call you racists and sexists and misogynists for standing up. So since you're going to get insulted anyway, why not just do the right thing? It's what works on YouTube. I don't know. Maybe this is just some weird hidden strategy to help Donald Trump get elected. I don't know. It's so bizarre. Senator Ted Cruz, who voted against the bill, quote, Republican leadership has proven to be the most democratic leaders we have ever seen. This does not honor the promises we made to the men and women who elected us. Senator Marco Rubio, one of only two senators who didn't even bother to show up to work, to vote on the bill. Quote, in essence, not voting for it is a vote against it. 
he's actually missed over half the votes which have taken place since October. He's got a campaign to run. See, you can't be voting when you've got to go and get votes so that you can not vote in the future. And of course, it's interesting, um, in the last uh, midterms, a significant majority of Americans didn't vote, like 58%. So if not voting is a vote against it, the majority of Americans don't want their existing system of government. I'm sure he's going to quit because that's the end result of his logic. Dr. Ben Carson, quote, billions of new unfunded spending, mountains of new debt, not to mention funding to bring Syrian refugees into our country and to keep funding for planned parenthood. I am angry. No, no, Ben. Simmer down. Don't get too angry. I don't have my belt buckle on. But no longer shocked, he said. Some of my colleagues running for president talk a big game. They give angry speeches. But when the votes were counted, none of them even tried to stop this deal. Actually, we just quoted two. So you might want to get that kind of stuff accurate to continue. They take their special interest money, collect their paychecks and pensions, and give us only rhetoric. Well, you, you get what you pay for if the voters put up with it. Anyway. Um, at least nothing has changed since the days of sophists over 2,500 years ago. Senator Chuck Schumer, quote, If you'd have told me this year that we'd be standing here celebrating the passage of an omnibus bill with no poison pill riders at higher levels above sequester than even the president requested, I wouldn't have believed it. But here we are. This bill is a great victory for the principles Democrats stand for. Is he quitting? No! I hate everything about them. Guys, can I come to the party? Is there socialism in the punch bowl? I'll drink. I love punch. Donald Trump, quote, The only special interest not being served by our government is the American people. If anyone needed more evidence of why the American people are suffering at the hands of their own government, look no further than the budget deal announced by Speaker Ryan. Lion Ryan! That wasn't him, that was me. He went on to say, the American people will have to absorb higher deficits, greater debt, less economic liberty, and more corporate welfare. Congress cannot seem to help itself in bending to every whim of special interests. How can they face their constituents when they continue to burden our children and grandchildren with debts they will never be able to repay? Our government is failing us, so we must do something about it. And it's interesting that the only guy not taking lobbyist money who's self-funding his own campaign is the guy in the lead. Um, the White House press secretary, Josh Ernest, great name for a press secretary, or uh, somebody in an Oscar Wilde play, he said, quote, we feel good about the outcome. We succeeded. <sighs> you know, when the Democratic White House press secretary says that we succeeded, for Republicans to claim a victory uh, is just kind of bizarre. It's an old movie, Parenthood, with Keanu Reeves in it. And he crashes a car in a drag race and he comes climbing out of the wreckage and his first thing is like, did I win? <laughs> Welcome to the world of the Republicans. So what actually happened? The conservative priority of overriding President Obama's executive order on immigration enforcement was omitted, absent without leave. Sanctuary cities will continue to receive federal funding and bear no responsibility for disobeying federal immigration law. New restrictions on refugees from Iraq and Syria, which were supported by almost all Republicans and 47 Democrats, and which President Obama threatened to veto, were not included in the language of the bill. Hey, they only had 2,000 plus pages, and the font can only go so small. It's like two-point squinto vision at some point. It's like that bottom line of the optometrist, which remains a complete mystery to anyone over 40. And uh, how could they possibly fit it in? 
immigration. You know, the U.S. spends sends over $18 billion a year in foreign aid to Mexico. See, how are you going to pay for the war? Well, you could deduct it from the money you're paying to people who are sending about a third of their population into America, but that's perhaps a topic for another time. Many Democrats changed their mind on the additional refugee restrictions when President Obama suggested the provision was, quote, unworkable. I say this sometimes on the internet. President Obama, the word unworkable, not an argument. The bill included $1.6 billion in funding, quote, for necessary expenses for refugee and entrant assistance activities and additional aid to resettle illegal immigrants arriving at the U.S. border. See, people have some confusion about my stance on immigration. It's really quite simple. Immigration is currently a government program, and I'm against government programs. Really not that complicated, uh, unless you are selected. Anyway, the Government Accountability Office recently reported that Obama's executive action, known as Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, or DACA, which grants illegal immigrants work permits, tax credits, and access to entitlement programs, is responsible for the recent surge of illegal immigrant minors at the southern border. Funny, when you subsidize stuff, you tend to get more of it. It's not immigration, it's geographical bribery for vote buying. The bill quadruples the issuance of low-wage H-2B visas, which allow employers to hire additional foreign workers, workers tied to their employer specifically through their visa, which the employer can pull at any time. Basically, tech surfs slaving away in the coding cubicles. And uh, if you want to negotiate an increased salary, too bad, you really can't or you're going to get deported. Now, of course, the big business once cheap labor and workers are subsidized through taxpayer-funded welfare programs because they can't afford usually to live, so the welfare programs uh, pick up the slack. Uh, people like Mark Zuckerberg, you know, probably fairly happy with getting the tech surfs. It's just that the rest of society say not so much. But concentrated benefits, diffused costs, public choice theory, the basic reason why governments will always do this until we change our system and our way of thinking completely. Also, the bill includes adjustments for the Visa Waiver Program, which allows over 20 million visitors into the United States annually with minimal screening. The bill increased information sharing with the 38 countries whose passport holders are allowed to enter the United States without receiving visas. Senator Shelby and Sessions noted in a joint statement, quote, the omnibus would put the U.S. on a path to approve admission for hundreds of thousands of migrants from a broad range of countries with jihadist movements over the next 12 months on top of all the other autopilot annual immigration. And what could go wrong with that? Of course, you know, anybody who does want to get into the U.S. and do harm to American citizens I'm sure they're going to get it on a visa and deport themselves right away when they've been. They're never going to disappear into the woodwork. There are already thousands of people that they can't find through this program as it stands. The Secure Fence Act was passed in 2006 and promised a 700-mile double-layer border fence along the southern U.S. border. Before the fence could be constructed, funding was stripped, and thus the project remains dormant. No funding for the Secure Fence Act was included in the new spending bill, so really it's only been nine or so years. But don't worry, next year we're all over it. Next year, my hair returns from its migration to youthful climates. Also included in the Omnibus Spending and Tax Bill, extension of tax credits for business research and development costs, allowing businesses to recoup up to 15% 
of such costs, which actually does put a fair amount of nonsense into R&D. A permanent extension of the child tax credit of $1,000 per qualifying child. So you can't buy children. That's illegal and immoral. But you can buy the votes of parents by paying for children. That's totally moral and democracy in its finest state. Now, this isn't just a tax break. It's a direct subsidy for low-income parents who don't make enough money to even pay income tax. Families with a tax bill less than the $1,000 tax credit will receive a payment equal to 15% of their earnings over $3,000. So let's just see if we can find a way to get low, low income, low IQ people to breed as much as humanly possible while stripping resources from smarter people and richer people who might otherwise choose it to say, have children and pass along their intelligence genes. Well, why would we want anything but dysgenics? That never goes wrong in history whatsoever. Now, despite objections from Senator Jeff Sessions and others, there is no mechanism in the provision to prevent illegal immigrants from receiving the now permanent child tax credit. Well, it's tough for Democrats to actually get votes with reason and evidence because they tend to be hysterical ninnies who rely on emotional abuse to get their way. On the other hand, they're at least honest about the emotional abuse. Um, I guess you get the freedom roofie from the Republicans and you wake up in a gulag permanent extension in the bill of the earned income tax credit, including a reduction in the marriage penalty previously included in the program. As an expansion and permanent extension of the American Opportunity Tax Credit, which provides up to a $2,500 per year tuition slash expense quote credit each year for four years of post-secondary education, because as soon as we stuff more people of average intelligence into higher education, we'll just make them all stone total geniuses, you know, in the same way that if somebody casts me in a hair commercial, I suddenly get a mohawk, or if Danny DeVito gets drafted by the Knicks, he suddenly becomes six foot eight tall. Ah, the environmental aspect. Isn't it delicious? Removal of the 40-year ban on crude oil exports by American oil producers. This policy originated during the repeated energy crises which plagued the United States in the early 1970s. This was the big win touted by the establishment Republicans. Now, right now, the U.S. already exports 4.3 million barrels of refined petroleum per day, compared with only half a million barrels of crude oil, which are expected from lifting the ban. So, your children are sold into abject debt slavery to their Chinese overlords, but don't worry, tiny bits of crude oil can escape the fascist net of government regulations. The bill fully funds President Obama's new Global Climate Initiative, which provides U.S. taxpayer dollars to third world countries if they support the treaty. You know, it's a great treaty when you have to pay people to accept it in the same way that I'm a great lover uh, if I wander down to Texas with a fistful of hundred dollar bills and get a couple of girlfriends for a weekend, at least until one of the Kardashians shows up and holds my head up so I don't throw up in my own throat. This means that the Environmental Protection Agency can be used to enforce the deal without further approval from Congress. Excellent. Extensions of tax credits for wind and solar energy product producers, so productive. The Land and Water Conservation Fund, which pays for government entities to purchase property for environmental protection, was reauthorized for three additional years. See, if you want to save the environment, how about you pony up some of your own money to buy the land that you want to protect? No, I want my self-righteous indignation and I want to believe that I'm slowly going down on the Brazilian wax corners piece of Mother Gaia, but I don't want to pay for it myself. See, I'd rather the taxpayers pay for my moral superiority rather than actually having to pony up anything of my own because, uh, you know, I've got some 
hemp underwear to purchase. The bill includes a new National Oceans and Coastal Security Fund to, quote, support work that helps Americans understand and adapt to forces like sea level rise, severe storms, and ocean acidification in relation to climate change. So this is basically a big propaganda ministry. You're going to die. Here's your climate change snorkel. Good luck. The spending bill also continues funding to the Planned Parenthood organization and various other pregnancy prevention programs. It also does not include any provisions which would allow states to exclude abortion providers from their respective Medicaid programs and also denies employers the ability to limit their employees' insurance coverage for abortions. So, yeah, sorry if you find abortion morally objectionable. There is a gun to your head which forces the DNC and mash flushing of the next generation down the toilet. But at least the toilet doesn't end up in the tax form of the aforementioned Chinese overlords. You have to be forced to pay to that which you find morally abhorrent. That is the whole point of the state. If you find war abhorrent, too bad. Pay or go to jail. If you find abortion abhorrent, too bad. Go to jail. If you find the war on drugs abhorrent, too bad. Pay up or go to jail. So, it's uh, unbelievably horrifying. Democrats suggested provisions allowing Puerto Rico to declare Chapter 9 bankruptcy to restructure its $70 billion in outstanding debt were blocked. But the issue will be revisited in February 2016. See, Puerto Rico can't actually legally declare bankruptcy unless Congress decides otherwise because it's all about a rule of laws, not of men. <laughs> ah, let's just let's reverse it. There's a law that's inconvenient. We'll change, change it. Ah, just change it. The end of federal regulations mandating that meat packers report where animals were raised and slaughtered. That's done. The World Trade Organization claimed that the latest, the label regulations, quote, unfairly discriminated against imports from Canada and Mexico because cows' origins lives matter. So that's, uh, well, that's great. So freedom for dead things. The bill included a provision blocking the Securities and Exchange Commission from requiring publicly owned corporations to di disclose their political contributions. Ah, see, Congress, it's all about you. They exclude themselves from the laws governing the buying and selling of securities, and now the big corporations that donate to them don't have to report it. Isn't that lovely? I'm pretty much sure that when you wake up to a giant tax bill, a failing infrastructure, uh, massive horrors from foreign wars, uh, your neighbor's legs got blown off for useless imperialism and the destruction of one of the few stable regimes in the Middle East, and let's say your children's schools are hell on wheels, there's potholes all over the place, and crime is rampant, but the important thing, the important thing, as you woke up this morning, as you said, my, my number one concern is that publicly owned corporations have to disclose their political contributions. So if that was your major concern, and I'm sure that it was, sweat it not, my friends. Congress has fixed it. An additional rider will prevent the Internal Revenue Service from cracking down on 501c4 nonprofit groups for political-based spending on the, quote, promotion of social welfare. Um, so uh, just try not to include Tea Party in your application form. It might just end up in Lois Lerner's election-stealing spam bin. But don't worry, they'll shred everything to get their hands on. So there's a delay of three Obamacare tax provisions. The Cadillac tax, which is a tax on medical device manufacturers, and high-priced employee-sponsored health plans was delayed for two years. The tax was made fully refundable once introduced, essentially eliminating it, but with more paperwork. An additional Democrat 
favored general tax on most health insurance plans was delayed for one year. But it's coming. Remember how it was supposed to save you money? Well, now it has to be heavily subsidized. Oh, and by the way, we have to tax anything more than a Band-Aid every three years. There was an extension to a previous rider which blocked funding for the Risk Corridors program, which was meant to shield insurance providers from losses incurred during the transition to Obamacare. Now, the smaller insurance companies, well, they'll simply go out of business, leaving the competition for larger companies and corporations. So, as usual, you just keep crippling the horse until you have to shoot it and replace it with the single-payer wagon, which has no propulsion other than debt. Keep crippling the medical industry and then say, hey, look, free market has failed. You know, we need a single-payer system, just like everyone else. His single-payer system is so great. The new Cybersecurity Information Sharing Act, which encourages private businesses to report hackers and cybersecurity threats to the government in exchange for liability protections. So you can't get sued for any of that kind of stuff. I love it how it's an encouragement. Um, the bill doesn't require a warrant because, you know, due process sucks. It's so inconvenient. Like, I just want to go and arrest someone. Why on earth would I have to actually prove that I have a reason to arrest them? I got a feeling. I got a hunch. Read a lot of Michael Connolly. I know what's going down. The bill doesn't require a warrant, only a, quote, specific threat, completely independent of any time sensitivity. And the information obtained can be shared across all government agencies forever and will, I'm sure, never, ever be hacked by anybody anywhere at any time. Well, and of course you can't get upset about, I mean, get upset about it, can't do anything about it. This, of course, uh, pretty unconstitutional, no due process. So I'm looking forward to all of the leftist pundits who were, uh, you can't ban Muslim immigration, it's unconstitutional, even though the Constitution doesn't apply to foreigners. I'm looking forward to them coming up and saying, well, this is unconstitutional. It's actually much more important because it applies to them. Of course they won't. You know, it's like all the anti-war protesters once Obama got into power. <sighs> MIA. Missing in inaction. Now, there is good news. I, I don't want to end on, on, on bad news. I'm going to share you some positive stuff. So all the other priorities are out of the way. And what Congress actually got around to doing was there was a ban on winter sledding on Capitol Hill. That was lifted. So now, given that you may be in fact living in an igloo that you've made of your own tears and urine, at the bottom of Capitol Hill you can now sled down to get it. You can sleep more safely in there knowing that uh, sledding, which I guess is uh, fairly green uh, in terms of its environmental impact, is now legal on Capitol Hill. So, <sighs> this is uh, the death of the establishment. This is uh, Sepuku suicidal kamikaze bombing into uh, nothingness uh, for the Republican Party. This is the death of what used to formally be called the Republican Party, had a few principles from time to time. The Republican voters gave the Tea Party candidates their last hope. Taxed enough already, they wanted to reduce government, they wanted to reduce uh, taxation, they wanted to reduce debt. I don't know, maybe they care about their offspring, uh, maybe they believe in free will and personal responsibility. A wide variety of conjectures. Maybe they're just horrible racists, but of course that's never proven, it's only conjectured. The Tea Party was the last hope of the small government Republicans. And uh, the Tea Party candidates got voted in, made all these promises, got voted in. And what happened? Well, they stuck their necks ostrich deep into the government trough of the future gristle of economic opportunity for the unborn and sucked it dry uh, pretty much like a vampire uh, skin diving through a blood bank abattoir. They just sucked it all dry, got all of the 
pork and spending that they could possibly get. And uh, that was it. That was it. Now, this, of course, the, the vacuum of small government thinking, uh, that is what is pulling the candidacy of Donald Trump. If you don't understand the frustration of those who want smaller government, you don't understand why Donald Trump is doing so well. Trump is the poison pill writer that was referred to before. Uh, Trump is the small government's murder weapon against the Republican Party because they're so frustrated and they're so angry at all of the promises. See, Democrats, they're big government. They're, they're by votes. Everyone's equal. We're into diversity, except we're not allowed to have any multiplicity of opinions on diversity. We're really into diversity, but in the media in particular, we never look around and say, well, you know, there's too many Democrats here. Let's get some Republicans in. They're into diversity, but hate apparently a little bit about half the American population for preferring smaller government. The Democrats can claim at least the vicious incomprehension of mere ideological self-interest. But the Republicans have a responsibility because they understand the theory of smaller government. Paul Ryan used to be into Ayn Rand. And this is how I know there's no afterlife because a smoky Russian goddess would be crawling up his leg and hacking off his balls right now with uh, the blunt end of her cigarette holder. This is not happening, which is why I know there's no afterlife. Now, Trump, of course, is not a long-term solution because he is unprecedented, not just in U.S. history, but pretty much in political history all around the world at any time, at any point, at any history. That some guy with an IQ over 150 who's staggeringly competent in a wide variety of areas from real estate to various business entities to running pageants to writing best-selling business books to running uh, top-rated television shows and so on. A remarkably competent and intelligent uh, person um, who is fantastically rich and really committed to small government and unafraid of the media, which he's been dealing with for 30 to 40 years. This is like, you know, this is like planning for your retirement by winning the lottery, except more people win the lottery than people like Donald Trump come along in politics. It's unprecedented. It's not a one-term, not a long-term solution. He's sort of like a one-time phenomenon. But I guess the idea of the Republican voters is use him to claw back government. People can see that it can work and people can see how beneficial it is. And then we'll have votes from people who can see the unseen, right? Because if government gives you money, then you're very happy and you vote for more of it. But if government gives you opportunity, like withdraws power, withdraws control and gives you opportunities, then you have a voting block that is dedicated to smaller government, which right now is trusting in the um, Republicans and we could sort of unwisely. Now, the media, I think, in general controls the Republicans, particularly since Obama came in, because anytime the Republicans oppose Obama, they're called racists. Because remember, he's such a racial healer and uh, it's all going to work out so well. So Trump is useful. Uh, in fact, I would say essential to break the power of the media. Trump is able to talk directly to the American people who are responding very positively to him. And that hopefully should give courage to other Republicans that forget about the media. They're just a bunch of verbal abusers. And uh, it's one of the professions, a reporter that has the highest category of sociopaths in it. So you forget about those people, talk directly to the people as I do, and you can make a great case and uh, you can really change the world that way. So I hope that this helps. Thank you so much for watching and listening. If you love these kinds of presentations, please like, subscribe, and share. If you're shopping around this time of year, please use our affiliate link. Costs you nothing. Throws a few shekels our way, which is at fdrurl.com slash Amazon. Just use it and then go shop. Or we also really help. It's really helpful and, and essential, really, if you can donate directly. Uh, freedomainradio.com slash donate. Uh, you can sign up for a subscription, a one-time thing. We take Bitcoins and PayPal and Visa, whatever is handy for you, is desperately needed by us. Thank you so much. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful day, everyone. I'll talk to you soon.